Coming Out Black is an online community built to support and celebrate our First Nations mob in the LGBTQIA community. We've developed this podcast to share our stories and we want you to join us for these conversations. Hello. <laughs> back. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Life has gotten insanely crazy, but also insanely good, I think. Yeah, I I want to like straight away, we were just talking super briefly before we started recording and I'm like actually ready to dive into like what's been happening the last few weeks because apparently there are some fun updates. Well, I mean, like besides being in a, uh, you know, lockdown again, I'm, I live in Nam, so the, uh, yeah, obviously COVID and, but I mean, it's come with a few different things associated. So yeah, I, like I said last time, I sort of broke my dating hiatus and I've been doing that bit obviously not now because of covid so i'll um yeah deal with that as it comes but um yeah so things are good i think i've met um sunshine and human form if that's i love that last time we caught up you broke your dating hiatus and you went on a date and we gave her the um nickname of flat white not because she's boring because that's the coffee she ordered when you had a coffee date Give us the update from there forward. Uh, yeah, no, uh, like I think we hung out a couple more times, but it just kind of, yeah, I don't think it really worked. And then obviously lockdown. But, um, but yeah, that was it. With, with that. It's kind of hard. like because That's what date, that's how dating happens. And I'm sure she's a lovely girl. Well, the thing is that I think it's my nature as well to like befriend people so hard that like, mm. like no move was ever made. And I feel like we've now become kind of like good like, like it was just so friendly the whole like mm-hmm. aura of that situation so um but that I think obviously sometimes when those things happen that's supposed to happen like that so 100%. um yeah so anyway sunshine's on the block now that's what I'm naming her as well <laughs> I feel like when, like when I talk about these things like I, I feel like it might be to my detriment either like they'll hear it or <laughs> you know um yeah my potential future suitors or whatever will hear me talking about somebody else and be like wow lame but I mean at the same time good to you know if you feel a thing if you feel something at like a certain time it's it's cool to express it and yeah. um yeah I feel like almost like this person's just so positive about life and I think I've so been so bogged down in like I don't know just being so cynical about people um in general but yeah this this person seemed to just like storm straight through um and now you're the most disgusting smile on my face right now I can't (laughs) (laughs) but it's also you looking back at me with, with your face um anyway look it's cool but yeah it's it's nice that's so lovely and I think like particularly this year I mean I'm not surprised that you've been like a bit cynical recently because like 2020 has been fucked so it's nice to have someone like who's walking in and sprinkling a bit of sunshine there and being a positive little like sunflower literally and I think it's yeah like I think we've may have touched on it briefly before maybe even outside of the podcast but like like the reason I went on such a hiatus was because like my last sort of situation didn't go too well and I think I was just like so anti-dating or anti-relationships or whatever that like yeah you just sort of you, you love that your friends are in stuff but like you're just kind of like Ugh, like whatever disgusting but yeah I've been talking to people recently about their partners and stuff but instead of being like oh yeah cool like whatever I've just been like oh my god wow like tell me more how amazing I love love yeah so I mean we'll just you know it is whatever that is like we'll 
we'll see but um so early That's nice. so so early um, yeah totally but yeah it's nice it's nice to be validated i suppose or happy wanted. yeah happy and appreciated all those things yeah like all of the things so but yeah enough about me uh what about you what is happening <laughs> in your life <laughs> hmm, lots of things are happening in my life I know that it's been such a crappy year, but the other day I caught up with a friend of mine who I haven't seen, like, honestly, for most of the year because we, we've been in lockdown, obviously. And she was like, so what's been going on? And then I rattled off all of these things. And I was like, oh, my God, so many positive things have happened to me this year already. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I got a promotion at work. This happened. Like, this is happening in my dating life. I'm starting this. So many wonderful things are happening. And I think that sometimes with the media and the news and everything that's going on, yes, absolutely, some things are so crap. And, like, collectively as uh, the world right now, things are shit. But, like, also it's okay to think of, like, oh, this actually is a really positive thing that's happened today. Yeah. and let's, So that was a really nice conversation. And let's not skip past the uh, dating life part because I feel like <laughs> I share, like, I've been having to share quite a bit here. Yeah, my dating life is always fun. Like, I honestly should have a podcast about my dating life. There were, I mean, like, we're much calmer now, but at the start of the year, man, we changed. I'm sure people who were listening would be familiar with the L word, the queer show about women that was, like, groundbreaking, all those sorts of things. So much so uh, was my love life crazy wonderful and like a tv show that we now have a group chat called the m word with my colleagues because they want to be updated on every week and like what's going like who are the new characters has this person like it was hilarious but now i'm much more calm but wonderful things are still happening it's actually interesting Matiga. like you and i actually met when we both had partners um and yeah we did it's really interesting how yeah we've um come like not full circle but like when we met we both had partners and then I think we both when we caught up over the last few months after we first met I don't even know where we met now but uh, like a year mm. it's been at least a year and a half 2018 I feel like it was the end of 2018 really mm. my word anyway well yeah <laughs> in that time oh yeah it must have been so in that time we've caught up multiple times like every few months or so and then I think like mm-hmm. once like we caught up and I was like, oh, I'm like having issues. And then like the next time we caught up, you're like, oh, well, I'm having issues. And then I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> and I just broke up. And then like the next time we caught up, yeah. you and your girlfriend just broke up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, yeah, again, then we, we met up again and we were like, you were jumping into like rebounding and stuff. And I think I was just like a, a mm-hmm. but yeah, it's funny how like yeah we've we've come so far um which is really funny yeah it's real full I think it's been so <laughs> fun for me because I was my last relation uh long-term relationship was four years so much was this like wrapped up into my coming out of uh, as a queer person and, and growing and learning it was also like the age of like what I was like 21 at the time I think so this is a really transformative time in your life and uh, it was the very first queer event I'd ever gone out to. I went by myself because I didn't have any um, queer friends. I met this girl and we dated for four years. <laughs> I was like, done, set, good. I'm gonna like marry this woman. Spoiler, didn't, lovely girl. So then I, d- I didn't have an experience of dating and everyone who sort of knows me now, I have this beautiful queer family and lots of uh, friends. And I live in the inner West, which is like the gay neighborhood and they've seen me in this relationship and then exploring dating and being really passionate about sex and relationships like honestly if I had another career it would be like a sex and relationships therapist I'd run like weekend workshops where everyone just learns how to have 
uh, amazing sex and have conversations and communicate with their partners effectively. I would love that job, um, which is why I'm so excited that we're basically doing the topic of sex and relationships for our episode this week. But yeah, I mean, my dating life's awesome. I went camping the other week with this lovely lady things and we had like a ton, like tons of fun. It was really nice. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I could honestly, there are like 500 updates I could give you, but we just don't have the time. Like <laughs> now's not the time, but yeah. This week's topic, which is sex and relationships. So I suppose let's dive straight in. We had put out a question on Instagram mm. recently um to our little community and we asked you know what what do you want to know and what was the first question that we had take yeah I think maybe I'm just thinking of which question I actually want to put first maybe we got a really good question uh of the impact and experience uh of having a partner from a different culture than yours which is a fantastic Mm. question and also this question came from like a previous partner of mine anyway so I'm like "Mm, you know we've had this conversation so she knows that this is a fantastic, like really juicy uh, conversation. So I'm really curious, what's your experience been with dating people from a different culture who are like a non-Indigenous? Yeah. So, I mean, I like the two women, or well, actually, yeah, both women and men that I've been in long, like relationships with um, have all been Caucasian. Um, mm. And with, with different levels of education around Indigenous issues, like I will say. Yeah. Like it never was in like it, it was never a thing I think um but I do remember I do remember like one of my first experiences of it be becoming a thing I suppose was staying this boy um, my first mistake and um he, everyone makes mistakes okay I think I was talking about something to do with uh uni and being in the indigenous education um support uh center or something and he said so what's the deal with this like aboriginal thing um because (gasps) well like he asked it nicely of course like uh, like, it wasn't like he wasn't judging me or anything but he said you know my experience of aboriginal people have been the boys that we had at our um school which was like a boarding school um and they just came on sports scholarships and you know didn't do anything um and hated it be, hated being there and they usually ran away and stuff but what's your what's your deal and I sort of explained it to him yeah. and um he was all right with it and then he told me when he told his dad his dad's like oh well she's indigenous she's set up for life and I was like oh oh buddy generational trauma and uh like I, I don't know what you mean but um, that was probably my first experience of that. But, like, obviously, I think we lost a lot of marsh after that, but it wasn't to do with that. But being in situations like that where you just sort of have to be, like, Ugh, like, and be, I was quite young, though. I was, like, 19, and I don't think I sort of had the confidence in my own identity or myself to, like, to, like educate in that, in that moment. Um, but I have found that anyone else that I've dated has been super, super supportive. But I will say, like, um, I did have one other instance and it was with a not so like, yeah, super recent um, partner and they had an issue in their workplace with someone that was Aboriginal. Now, this person has been super supportive of my culture and everything all the way through, but they had an incident and this and the other person was Aboriginal and um, that were involved. And I obviously can't go into what happened, but long story short an accident happened and the indigenous person that was involved got very upset which is completely valid and um yeah and obviously this really upset my partner at the time as well like I like and I remember we we were talking on the phone and 
she said, um, and I don't want to misquote this because, I mean, no matter what way you say it, it's not right, but she said, I'm just sick of these people um, around here. And oh my gosh, I remember being like, I didn't address it that second because I was like, I know you're really upset. And mm-hmm. I, know, I know that that must have come out of a place of fear or whatever. But I think it's sometimes in situations like that, I think it just sort of shows that like, it's an example of maybe what you've grown up with or the environment that around and I will say this person lives in like a bit of a yeehaw redneck um Mm -hmm. stale mayonnaise type town so that's the that's the you know probably approach it really hurt to hear it echoed in that way yeah it's crazy to like someone who's also dating an indigenous person to still have those sorts of ideas and say those sorts of things just goes to show how people who who haven't had experiences with indigenous people like what are they thinking if this is what we're getting from our partners yeah and as well because like this person like you know was trying to do stuff with the indigenous elders in the place they were trying to like push more like reconciliation in their workplace Mm -hmm. But it's just funny how, like, yeah, when push comes to shove, in a moment of fear or, like, in a moment like that, that that's the place that their brain goes to. But um, they did later apologise for it. But it was just one of those things where you just, like, you can you can say sorry, but, like, it didn't really take it back necessarily. And I think that was kind of, yeah. that was the beginning, not the beginning of the end, but, like, that was definitely something that, like, sort of sits in the back of your mind of, like, well, that's what you think. Like, what do you think of my family? Like, what do you think of me? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. What about you? I have that's so interesting that you say the the people that you've dated have all been Caucasian because I think I've I've actually dated like people of lots and lots of different cultural backgrounds and spiritual mm-hmm. backgrounds. Uh my first partner was indigenous and then my second partner was like Aussie Caucasian. And then since then I've dated like people of like Middle Eastern descent uh portuguese like lots lots of different cultures so i've got experiences i mean like these weren't people necessarily other than the portuguese person people that i had like relationships with yeah but people that i dated still you know yeah yeah so i I think i feel like i've got experiences dating people from not only who were just non-indigenous but also of different cultures that i don't understand so for example with my first long-term girlfriend the four-year one actually the night we met she asked me what percentage aboriginal i was yeah that's like, this is the start. Uh, and I think actually this is a fantastic example of someone who can grow and the impact that being yourself and being culturally strong and not being afraid to share that does. Because this is like, that's the first question she asked me. What's, what percentage are you? And literally in the middle of this like nightclub, I'm like giving a TED talk about like, well, we don't do that. Da, da, da. And she was really open to like hearing that. Um, so fast forward to the end of our relationship. I mean, like, we don't talk anymore, but I know absolutely she is an incredible ally and so well educated about our culture. And I'm sure if anyone ever said anything minutely racist, uh, she would be the first person in that room to be like, not on, buddy. Like, that's not mm-hmm. okay. To the point of like, even I've gone to like this year, I went to a NADOC event and she was there working. And I was like, wow. I was a little bit pissed off because I was like, oh, like we're not on the best terms like this is my cultural safe space but at the same time that's awesome I'm glad that I've given someone part of my culture and they're going to take that and run with it and educate so many other people like I tend to think of it as a drop in the water and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the person that I'm seeing now we were watching tv yesterday and I was I don't know what the conversation was, but I was like, oh, have you seen Stan Grant's speech on uh, racism? Have you seen these 
incredible poems and I was playing them for her and she just stopped for a second she's like I don't really know what to say but I'm really glad that I met you and she's an educator and works in schools and she's like I'm just I'm so glad that I'm learning this stuff and she was already a little bit aware of things beforehand like she was fairly what do they call woke the kids say <laughs> um so yeah those that's my experiences with Caucasian people of like someone yeah who maybe did start at a place where they were not very educated but uh, through building a relationship with an Indigenous person now become incredible allies. And then in terms of not being with someone who's not Indigenous, but also like I've dated individuals who were um, like I dated a girl who was Muslim and I was like, oh my God, I have to like, when she came over to my house, I was like, oh, I need to Google halal food so I don't order the wrong thing for her. And like, I had the same worries that people probably have with me about like, doing the wrong thing and trying to figure stuff out so I think that was really funny because then she came over and I was like oh guess what I just found out and she's like what um and I was like Uber Eats has a whole halal section (laughs) (laughs) so I could find the correct foods then she'd bring over like different foods from her culture and like it was it was a fantastic um opportunity and the um, most recent person that I was like pretty much in a in a relationship with she's Portuguese and as a result of that now I speak bits and pieces of Portuguese mm-hmm. uh, which is wonderful I have like this whole list in my phone like that's incredible and it's been a fantastic experience seeing people of different cultures where yeah maybe you do start not knowing much but now I'm just like bitch I can say hello and good night in Portuguese yeah I know how to say <laughs> this and I'm really impressed with myself so that's kind of my experience as well it's been obviously difficult in the way some people don't understand things, mm. but also incredible from a point of them learning and me learning. I think it's wonderful. I was just going to say, um, because when you're talking about the percentage question, it just triggered something in my brain that I've actually repressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it happened recently. Um, not too Oh, my gosh. Tell me. Okay, so a little bit of backstory here. Um, so I think it was like May. I was walking my dog towards this cafe to hang out with a friend and the, there was a very cute barista on the corner that I knew worked at that cafe. And um, she, like, kind of checked me out. And, like, the thing is, but in my mind, I was like, I, I was like, oh, she's smiling at my dog. Bless. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, and then there was just, like, I think four to six weeks of just constant I don't know like I would go into the cafe and like we'd have like a little like a little chat just the little bit of flirting here and there like nothing no big deal I think I kind of thought she had a girlfriend or something like she just seemed like the type that would just be in a long-term relationship or something but just your typical like tomboy kind of looked like Tash Sultana vibe like a ton of tattoos like classic love it girl you'd find in Melbourne she was uh, she is uh, Iranian and um She's a stick and poke tattoo artist. Like, oh, man, she sounds so cool. We're cool. I was like, you're way too cool to talk to me. Um, but <laughs> anyway, long story short, when I, I think when I was telling you about breaking this dating hiatus, it's been about like, yeah, six to eight weeks since this whole thing's been going on. And like, I still couldn't really get courage enough to like really talk to her. Like, it was always just like, you'd talk about like your coffee order or whatever, but like, yeah. nothing. Uh-huh. I didn't know her name. Anyway, um like I think it was like three swipes in there she was and I was like losing my I told my brother I was like oh my god that's the barista he's like it's fate just swipe right and I swiped right we matched and she she was like do you want to catch up for coffee sometime outside of this like cafe and I was like oh my god sure that's a really good line like a barista being like hey do you want to catch up for coffee sometimes like outside of my cafe that's cute I like I was dying and the the thing was I actually went to her cafe 
twice that day. Like one was to catch up with a friend and the other one was to take my brother for coffee. So I was like, oh my God, so I'm like such a creep. But <laughs> anyway, long story short, um, obviously because things are closing, but the restrictions were lifted. She invited me over to hers for a couple of beers. So I, I get there and she's like tattooing her roommate. Like, <laughs> and we're, we're, we're having a chat. And I was just like sort of looking around her room. She had so much cool stuff because, again, she's a very cool human being. Mm-hmm. Um, plants and instruments and different stickers and she had a little bit of indigenous artwork that's awesome and I was talking to her about it and I was like oh like this is really cool and she's like yeah I used to live in Byron Bay um <laughs> classic um and then I noticed like two yadakis slash didgeridoos in the corner oh. and I was like indigenous like are they like decorative I hope um she was <laughs> like oh no I was like oh cool just uh blah blah and she was like, oh, do you want me to play? And I was like. <gasps> no, no. Oh, my gosh. I was like, no. Um, I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, yeah, like I, I got taught when I was in Byron. And I was like. Um, I cannot believe that. You know what? That happens all the time now and it's crazy. I don't know who's teaching them up there or who's giving them permission, but they need to stop. Um, but What? But, like, yeah, and I said to her, I was like, oh, like, and I, the thing is, like, sometimes I don't know how to disclose that I'm, even I think the word disclose is not right, but, like, I don't know how to, how to say that I'm Aboriginal in moments like these. Come out, like the, the um, title of our podcast, to come out as black. And I was like, oh, shit. And um, she's like, do you play? And I was like, no, um, um, no, I'm Aboriginal. And that's how I could say it. I was like, no, I'm Aboriginal. And it's, like, super against everything <laughs> in my being to yeah. do it. And she was like, oh, okay, okay. I, w- I won't play it when you're here. And I was like, yeah, like, oh, God, um, please don't, don't play it. Full stop. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was just really confused about the whole thing. Um, but yeah, like, it was, it was the most random thing. I didn't, like, run out the door or anything, but in my mind like that second I was like this this can never be um this can never be anything but she also played the mouth harp and now if anyone doesn't know what a mouth harp is you need to google it but it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life to to like to watch someone play it and to hear it Mm -hmm. okay so the the type of sound it is it's kind of like if you watch a cartoon and they're making the sounds that kangaroos like the bounce is like boing like it's a boing boing yes yeah it was just so random she literally just picked it up and started playing that's so funny <laughs> however like we were also talking about her language and her culture it was really beautiful but yeah that was that whole thing and um like I still see her like at the cafe and stuff um and she gives me free coffee every now and then and she's very very sweet but yeah. that was a <laughs> just oh. weirdest moment yeah that's crazy it never happened to me like ever before like I've seen white fellas own ditches and play them which I mean like is I don't really know how I feel about it but Mm. yeah um a woman and yeah it's, just- it's so interesting yeah I think those things happen all the time not only on our, in our interactions with humans in general but people that there's a potential for us to be romantically involved in and there's almost like a you want to warn people ahead of time like please don't like just please like it would be wonderful if we could just go into uh meeting anyone and we know that they were culturally aware and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things but unfortunately that's not the case and I I even find with people that like I'm involved with the last person that I dated whenever I would meet like one of her friends or we'd, we'd go and see new people I could see her trying to weave into the conversation that I was Aboriginal yeah. almost as a way to be like hey like please don't say anything stupid she she was 
not like that at all mm. but she was just worried about someone saying something that would offend me or that would be you know incorrect so she'd kind of try and throw it into the conversation early so that she, like, she could make sure they don't say anything yeah like isn't that the worst though like why do we have to like yeah obviously for you and I like it, it's something that we, we live with often but like why would you have to try to like tell your friends should, should you already yeah. be calling them out if they've been saying like shitty stuff or like well yeah <laughs> I mean it is like that and she definitely was the kind of person who does call that stuff out all the time but she's also aware of like sometimes these people say stupid things I always call them out but I don't want you to even have to hear it full stop yeah like, that was her mindset with it. it's just it's unfortunate like in society people are still worried about saying the wrong thing when like we're worried about saying the wrong thing but we're not worried enough to go educate ourselves to like yeah not to say the wrong thing and it sucks that like people have you know have friends that they have to be careful about bringing you around like and and yeah um, but it, yeah, like I, obviously we're on, we're on our way to, to getting better, but it takes a long time, but yeah, yeah, totally. Well, now I think that we've talked heaps about our experiences dating people of different cultures to us. I think it'd be a really great idea to talk a bit about, you know, the differences between a healthy relationship and a relationship that isn't healthy. I don't think this is a conversation that particularly the queer community is able to have as much. Like I know a lot of the education that we get around relationships is very heteronormative and like the examples of like, don't let a man hit you and stuff. That's obviously very true. But as we know, and if anyone who's listening, uh, listened to our first episode, you'll know that I was in a domestic violence relationship and that was with a woman. Those things happen and unhealthy relationships exist. And I think it's important to have those kinds of conversations. So I mean, what's your opinion on the difference between a healthy relationship and an unhealthy relationship? Um, well, I think, like, it's interesting in the, in the queer community. I don't know how much necessarily in the Indigenous queer community that I'm aware of as much as, like, as we've talked about, I haven't necessarily dated um, many people that are also Indigenous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's interesting to really delve into because, like, I don't think there's, there's a, a manual on these kinds of things and mm. I think the more you the more you, you date people or, or get into relationships you find that like you work out what, what you like and what you don't like and how to handle things I think the difference is interesting I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. because sometimes I feel like that line is actually so thin between healthy and unhealthy because you can have a lot of good things all of the good things but you've got that yeah but there's that that little one percent kind of thing but that one percent thing could actually be quite detrimental and awful and um, that's an experience that actually recently where like I did an incredible human being in many many ways but there was just kind of this yeah like two yeah one two three percent of not so good which mm-hmm. ended up you know being the worst kind of thing for, for me mentally and eventually we didn't mm-hmm. work out but like that was why but even things on paper yeah. v in practice are really different. You can have, I can, well, you can meet the most incredibly gorgeous, smart woman who's, you know, culturally aware. They could be mm-hmm. um, smart, funny, talented, gets along with your family, gets along with your friends on paper. Awesome. But in practice, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe there's like, oh, and she also has anger issues or she yeah. doesn't know how to communicate effectively. And I think when we talk about, healthy versus unhealthy relationships a lot of the people including myself think about like violence all those sorts of things but unhealthy relationships uh, are so much more than that and I actually for those who don't know I actually like did I think it was like an eight or a ten week relationships course and it was all focused on unhealthy relationships and and particularly focusing on yourself and looking inward and what aspects about you could make you a better partner because I know I've experienced trauma 
I've grown up with not amazing role models in terms of relationship structures and absolutely that's impacted the way in which I go into my relationships now. And so I wanted to work on that and think about how can I be the better partner? I know that definitely in the past, I've not been a good partner at certain times, but also I've been an incredible partner in other times. And I think having the ability to admit that, that like, no, I've not always been incredible is really important because it means you can work on being the best partner you possibly can going forward. Being so self-aware is extremely important in in relationships or dating these days because you just get so caught up in what you're doing sometimes. And I think it's hard to recognize that you're not being a great partner while you're doing these things or opposite. It's actually also hard to recognize that you're being a good partner or, or that your partner's not being a good partner because you're like, oh, well, like we had a really great day. Mm -hmm. I did cry though like or like you know um like or yeah I think if you end up like the end of my the four-year relationship at the end of it I don't think either of us was were being the best partners we could be and that's a massive reason for why we didn't end up together in so many ways we were fantastic partners like I tend to think that I'm a really incredibly supportive partner and like your dreams and my dreams and all those sorts of things but I was also a very jealous person at one point in time I was also like very untrusting and those are really unhealthy elements and I mean like I'm not going to speak for the other person because obviously there were things that they did wrong too but I prefer to speak of previous partners in a positive light rather than a negative one but you know they weren't the best partner at times as well and I think particularly in queer relationships being able to have that open communication around what do I value in a relationship and what does a strong positive relationship look like for me and for you is an extremely important conversation because they could look very different for other people. Someone could be like, my ideal relationship is non-monogamous and this and that and this and that, and that could be totally different for me. I think I'd say like what, like I suppose what I over the years have sort of built um, for me that like that I want has been, I think uh, loyalty is a huge thing. Loyalty is an interesting word. I think it's more Mm. like, actually it's honestly all just the fundamental grounds and base of respect and I think that works works in any sense so respect in like being able to communicate openly communicating in your way that works for you can also work and I think yeah I think respect's a a huge one because Uh respect if you have a respect for someone you wouldn't treat them poorly um you wouldn't um, dismiss their feelings about things I think respect Uh in the form of you know being honest always being honest and I suppose yeah like just having enough respect for someone to treat them like you would treat your friends or yourself as well so yeah what about you I agree I think the idea of knowing your relationship values can completely change the way in which you go about dating and selecting partners for me my relationship values are really strongly around communication and empathy and understanding that we might not always agree with each other but I respect and value you as a human that I can try my hardest to empathize and understand where you're coming from. And I think that now that I hold those things so dearly to me and I've done a lot of work at trying to be a good partner, the people that I date now talk about how wonderful a support person I am. And just before we started recording, I got a message from the girl that I'm dating now and she just wanted to say like, hey, thank you so much. I felt really respected from the conversation we had last night because she was feeling anxious or, or, or whatever she was feeling. I won't give away too much details. But I just stopped and took a moment. And I was like, oh, I, I can sense that maybe you're feeling this way at the time. Like, do you want space to talk about that? And 
a day later is like, I just felt really respected. Thank you for letting me have that conversation with you. But it takes a lot of self-reflection to get to a point where you understand what your relationship values are. So I think we're probably quite similar in terms of that respect, but also communication and empathy are really big ones for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, adaptability and flexibility as well. Like, you, know, you can be strong in, in who you are and in what you believe in, but also like the ability to recognize that someone else actually has a different point of view or would perceive or experience the same thing that you are in a different way is also really important. And being aware that you do react a certain way or like you know see the world in the way that you do because of you know the way you've grown up trauma etc um which I think it's all really important and yeah that self-awareness from your partner to be yeah self-aware of themselves is also um something that I find really important um moving on I think I I I really used to date like emotional brick walls I don't know how to explain it better but particularly women actually it's funny because the the men that I've dated beforehand were usually really quite open and then my only two like girlfriends I've ever had very yeah emotionally brick wally you know you sort of had to like really kind of dig at it to sort of see where they were at and it only it was only recently where like I've sort of been dating people that are way more open with like where they're at how they feel and like aware of themselves that I'm just like it's like almost like not even knowing you needed a drink of water and then having it and then you're like sweet like nectar of god this is like <laughs> so amazing like how have I gone so long without you know mm-hmm. um without it but yeah it's something very different um that I'm experiencing at the moment anyway but yeah it's interesting that you didn't even know that that's what you wanted or that's what you needed mm-hmm. until you do yeah for sure I also um on this topic was thinking about like if I could give any advice to people, and I've obviously I'm absolutely in no way, shape or form like a relationship expert, no way. <laughs> but um, I do spend a lot of my time working on being the best version of myself. And part of that is working on my relationships with others, whether they're romantic or non-romantic. Um, mm. And so I would definitely say that understanding yourself first is the best way to set yourself up for healthy relationships in the future yeah absolutely and I I really love what you're saying and I think one thing that I would definitely add to this is like don't compromise yourself Mm. and like fuck like (laughs) I spent two years compromising myself and sort of feeling the effects of that I'll 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 dip into the story because I think it's going to come up anyway somewhere yeah but I was in a relationship for nearly two years and Mm -hmm. I think I think four or five months into this relationship, I was cheated on by this person. Now, if we do the oh, if we do the math right, we were still together at least a year, more than a year after. So I didn't. The, okay, and again, this person, wonderful. Um, I won't call them a monster or anything. I think things just obviously happen. The way that it happened was quite, quite monstrous. But I chose to forgive them, right? Like I. Mm-hmm. It was, it was in a moment where I was like, I'm going to end it. And they said something like, I need you. And that, that those three words mm-hmm. turned this like f- switch on off in my brain almost. That was like, okay, rescue mode, survival mode. They, they need you. Like you need to look after them. And I didn't even really feel the effects of it like I did, but not to nearly the degree that I did 
later that year it was just like this is what I was talking about before with the 99% it's amazing but that 1% was like oh yeah but she did cheat on you though like remember that like you can't that's uh, crushing that one percent yeah that's right and it, and it really wasn't 1% it was actually a lot more but it's funny what happens when you're in denial and when you just you just yeah. try and make things work and you just want to be the best person you can for them but there's also the other side of things I feel like you'd, you'd like what I was trying to do was trying to make up for that like I was almost kind of like working extra hard so that they wouldn't have a reason to do it again, not that they were ever going to. Mm. But oh, but this is what I mean about com- like compromising yourself. Like I almost lost my identity in a way because I was just so bogged down into trying to fix it, trying to make it work, trying to ensure that we kept going. And I don't even really know why I did it, but I think it was like because of that ultimate rejection that you feel when someone does that mm-hmm. to you. And like, well, that's the thing, actually. They don't actually do it to you. They That's something that they've made on decision on your own and actually had nothing to do with you. But mm. in your, like, you take it, obviously, take it so personally because... Absolutely, yeah. You were their partner at the time. But that was the thing. I was, like, trying to prove myself that I deserved, like, love. Mm. And that, like that I had to be, that I wanted to be the best partner that they wouldn't even dare consider ever doing that again or leaving or anything like that. And I think over time that does wear away at you. And it just, in like, I'll admit that I did a lot of like wrong things in that situation as well, but I've never been more paranoid in my life about anything. Um, yeah. I genuinely compromised myself that whole time Mm -hmm. I think that's also kind of like we're talking about this hiatus that I took this was the last relationship I was in and Mm. um it's actually funny at the end of the actually at the end of this relationship my ex actually got got with someone really quickly and it was just that like it wasn't even the fact that it happened so quickly it was just the fact that I had this like deep-seated like feeling that that was going to happen and it was funny that like I should Mm. always trust my gut and I and I never did. And I really should have. And I think what I've learned from being in that situation was just like, never fucking compromise yourself. You will never get the opportunity again to, you know, have a backbone like I should have in that moment. But you've got to learn these things. And I think I know, Matiku, if you told me if I was talking to myself at that point in time, um, or if it was you, I'd be like, um, leave the bitch. Like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny what happens when it, when it's you. In that situation, I've yeah. always thought I was a, you know, really strong, smart, switched on human being. But it's funny how, like we were talking about before, now that I've sort of also, you know, I frequently utilise therapy. And it's funny how when you talk about the way that you've grown up and the way that you've seen role models of love and um, mm-hmm. things like that, that you like sort of have this association with it and you sort of realise, oh, I see, I've got like that rescue mentality because of X, Y, and Z. Yep. And yeah, it's really interesting how, like, now that I'm so much more aware of it, I know, God forbid, if that ever happens again, I'll never compromise myself. And I think that's also why now when I'm dating people, I think I'm not necessarily not trust trusting them, but I want everything to be so excruciatingly slow that I get to sort of see their real yeah. colours and stuff before really letting them in. Yeah, if I could honestly give anyone any advice, it's genuinely just trust your gut and don't compromise yourself for someone Mm -hmm. if it's like even if it's that you know for yourself you're like oh everything's amazing but like this little bit here at the end that I've sort of compromising myself about like don't like there's so many other people out there and someone is going to be there that will make you feel so safe and will completely break through all of your walls and would never, you know, do things that would make you feel like that. And it's almost that um, 
that respect thing. Like, so, and like, I mean, and even if things don't work out with someone, like you, you'll meet someone that will respect you regardless enough to, to tell you and stuff like that as well. So. Yeah, I totally agree. I think a really good thing from our conversation today, and I like, honestly, we could talk about relationships and uh, all of like in so much more depth. So if you are interested in that, please uh, comment and let us know that you want us to dive into this conversation more because there's so many resources I could share and so many conversations we could continue to have. But I think a really great thing that I've noticed in this conversation, Courtney, is that the both of us have done a really good job of Mm. focusing on ourselves. Lots of people, when they talk about previous relationships um, or love, they'll focus on the other person and they'll be like, they did this or they did that or because of this, that's the reason I was like that. Those factors come into things, but when you're talking about yourself and your own emotional well-being and love life, the best thing you can do for yourself is to focus purely on yourself. Like, how can, how did I contribute to this conversation? Uh, how did, or situation, sorry, and how can I contribute to having a better love life going forward? And I think we've both done a fantastic job of of that today. I agree, and uh, yeah, I think like we can talk about all of you know different relationships and how good they can be and how bad they can be and um you know relationships can be very powerful and empowering but nothing will compare to the relationship you have with yourself and you're left with the way that you see yourself and that you and the way that you exist in the world with that relationship with yourself so you really do owe it to yourself to respect yourself enough to love yourself I suppose like yeah mm-hmm. yeah invest in in who you are I love this conversation And I know that we mentioned we're going to talk about relationships and sex. So we've already gone over time. I reckon uh, our next episode is going to focus uh, on the sexual side of things we're going to be covering. Particularly, I put out some questions about uh, women with or humans with vulvas or people who uh, essentially are women who have have sex with women. And we're going to talk about um, safe sex, all of those things, sexual relationships. Uh, and we have some great questions that we received for that as well. So that's going to be in our next episode next week. And again, if you want us to talk more about relationships and you have any particular questions from this episode today, totally reach out to us uh, at our Instagram at coming out black B-L-A-K and our Gmail and all of those sorts of things, which is you can find all on Instagram. Anything else for them today, Courtney, or any like last words of wisdom? Our Black Excellence will be on our Instagram page this week because both of us are yarning too hard and we're running out of time. <laughs> Um, but um, looking forward to, yeah, having you on next week. Catch you then, everyone. Bye.